0: Good morning. Happy Tuesday. This is episode 174 of the podcast. It's Jessica, and I'm so glad you decided to spend an hour with me. Thank you. Thank you. If you tuned into the podcast every week, you know that we have interviews every kind of a random assortment on Fridays, and I love putting these podcasts together so much for you, and so I want to thank you for tuning in each week, for sharing the show, for leaving reviews, all of those things. It just is such an encouragement to me to keep going, so thank you so much. Today I have an incredible guest. It is Tanya Dalton. Tanya is a mom of two, and she started working out of her home. She has an entrepreneurial spirit, always has, started her own business, and eventually launched Inkwell Press which makes the most beautiful planners and journals and note cards. And there's nothing I love more than beautiful organizational supplies. She's also a productivity expert. So with two children underfoot, she's been able to grow this business and really thrive in her life according to her own values. She also has a podcast, The Productivity Paradox. So there's just so much we're going to talk about today. And what I love so much is even if people are doing things differently, own lives or have a different path than you do, I don't know about you, but I love getting a behind-the-scenes look on what that looks like for them, how they do that, how you actually build a business. Even if you're not interested in building a business, how does somebody else do it? I love these behind-the-scenes, and today we're really going to see that with Tanya. So let's get to my great interview with Tanya Dalton. All right, I want to welcome Tanya Dalton to the show. Hi, Tanya. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. Where am I speaking to you from today? I am in the mountains of Asheville, North Carolina. So, Tanya, for people that may not know you, will you just give a little background on yourself and how you got to where you are? Absolutely. So, I
1: am a wife and a mother and a business owner of Inkwell Press. Uh, I started off my life thinking that I was going to be a teacher and a stay-at-home mom, and that's pretty much kind of how I started. I uh, was, you know... I taught for several years, and then when I had my son, I then went to teaching part-time, and I then transitioned into being a stay-at-home mom, which I loved, and I decided my husband was traveling for, you know, three or four weeks at a time because he was doing international marketing for these big Fortune 500 companies. So he would leave our town of Dallas, Texas, and he would go all the way around the world and circle all the way back around. Wow. So I had decided that I needed something to give me something to do other than just mommying. So I decided to start a business. So I had $50 and I started a jewelry business. And I was enjoying doing that, but one day when my husband was on the other side of the planet, he and I talked on the phone, and I was chattering away about what the kids were up to and how Kate was saying a few words and um, all the things that were going on, and he got really quiet, really, really quiet, which mm. he's normally a pretty quiet guy, but this was really quiet for oh. him. And I said, are you okay? And he got he stayed quiet, and I said, are you okay? And he said, I'm missing everything and in that moment it about broke my heart because my husband really is a fabulous dad he's very hands-on and I tried to tell him you know oh it's okay you know the kids love it when you're home so it'll all be okay when you get back here but he really didn't seem very you know put at ease with that and I knew it bothered him and so of course it bothered me so when I hung up the phone with him I can vividly picture exactly where I was at that very moment it's standing in my kitchen because that was the moment, honestly, that my life completely changed direction. Hmm. I decided at that moment that I was going to take my little teeny tiny side business that I had started with $50 and I was going to grow that. And I was going to make it so that my husband could stop working in corporate America and could and come and start working with me at my business. Wow. Which seemed like a really lofty goal, right? Because <laughs> yeah. this was totally part time. But just hearing how he felt, I really, I felt this pull that this was what I was meant to do. And so I sat down that night and I pulled out a notebook and I started creating plans and I created systems and how I was going to figure out how I was going to get this done because I'm still a stay-at-home mom with two kids and a husband who travels for three or four weeks at a time. So I set these goals for myself and within a year, my husband was working alongside of me at my business. So I was able to support our family with that income. And then that business just continued to flourish and grow, and I love that John and I worked side-by-side together. But um, around 2013, I started to feel like, you know what? This isn't really what I'm meant to do. I love working with my husband. I love business, but I really wasn't passionate about the jewelry that I was creating. So that was a big turning point for me because I looked at my husband, and I said— I'm really not passionate about what we do. I love working with you, but this is not making me happy. And it was scary because that obviously paid our mortgage. It paid to feed our kids and, you know, all those things. Right. And um, he looked at me and he said, I'll follow you wherever you want to go. And so that was the time where I really felt a little bit lost. Like I wasn't sure what I was going to do. What did that mean? That I wasn't passionate doing the jewelry, but what was I passionate about So I sat down and I really dug deep and created some exercises for myself to walk through what my mission was, what was my purpose in life. And I found through doing that, that I had three things. Teaching, which I had started off thinking I was going to do, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, I was a teacher for a long time and I loved teaching. And then I loved empowering women. I was doing a lot of small business consulting and I enjoyed that. And I loved productivity. Because that was really what enabled me to have a career where my husband worked alongside of me was having productivity systems in place. So I had to figure out how are those connected,
0: <laughs> right? Yeah, right.
1: That's and that's always the challenge: is looking at what are the things that you're passionate about, what are the things that you feel fulfill you, and then how can you create that into a life for yourself. So, um, and thinking about those three things, I decided to create a thread that connected them, and that thread is the company that I now run, which is Inkwell Press. So it's a it's a company that is designed because I found through doing these exercises that I felt like far too many people feel overwhelmed by all the things they have to do each day. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to start providing productivity tools and the training so that they could end their days feeling happy and satisfied and feeling like they could accomplish their big goals just as I had done back in my kitchen, you know, a few years prior to that. So that was what I decided to do. I didn't want to just have a planner for productivity. I wanted to have a really strong underlying foundation of uh, education. So that is the direction it took me in. And I'm so, so grateful that I did because that is now what I do on a daily basis. And I wake up excited about what I do. I'm I'm extraordinarily pleased with with what we are able to accomplish in our business, and I I still work at a desk sitting across from my husband each and every day. So it's the ideal world for me.
0: Okay. I want to talk more about that and the dynamics with working with your husband. I'm sure there's a lot of people who are like, I would kill him, but we'll, we'll get to that in just a sec. But I love how you really honed in on, like, what are the things that really fill you up? Because I think, and I've been experienced this myself as a stay-at-home mom, sometimes when you are out of the workplace or out of the thing that once really lit you up after Uh after a while, it's hard to get back in that groove and really say, like, if I had five hours to myself, what would I do? If I could start a business, what would it look like? If I could just start a brand-new hobby, what would it be? And you kind of Uh forget what it is that lights you up because you're in the service mode towards your family. And I don't think those two things have to be separate, but I think a lot of moms fall into that trap. Wouldn't you agree? Mm,
1: Absolutely. And Mm -hmm. I love what you said there about, you know, we get in the service mode, and part of it is we don't feel like we can give the time, but we also feel guilty pursuing things that we are passionate about um, because it feels like I should be giving that time to someone else, some mm-hmm. you know, either my children or my husband or or, or whatever. But uh, you know, we, we feel a lot of guilt when it comes to what are you passionate about or carving out time for ourselves. And I really think that's part of the key to happiness is really finding those things that do light you up, that do get you so excited. Is it something you did previously in your previous life before you were a mom, mm-hmm. or is it something that's brand new? For yes. me, it was something that was totally brand new. Um, and it is a matter of sitting down and taking the time to really work through what that looks like for you mm-hmm. and I think that for a lot of people that can be very overwhelming oh, yeah. um, and I often say that overwhelm is not having too much to do it's not knowing where to start Yes so you start with this blank page and you go, I don't know what do I want to be when I grow up you know I'm let's say you're a 35 year old woman and you're like, I don't know what I want to do I don't know what I want to be and you're looking at a blank sheet and that, it feels overwhelming and it feels a little bit scary. So it's sometimes a little bit safer to stay with what you know, yes. right? Yes. Even oh, if that's yeah. not necessarily the thing that does light you up.
0: And it takes a lot of bravery to make that transition, to go from a full-blown jewelry company that's doing really well and providing for your family to honoring Mm -hmm. what you're really passionate about and making sure that not only are you doing well in your business financially, but that it's also something that really makes you feel like you're doing what you were meant to do on this earth. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it sounds too grand and grandiose, but it's not. Like, we get one shot at this life. How do you want to spend your time?
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I I often say there's – you know, there's things greater in this life than money. So, mm-hmm. y- yeah, you have to have money because you have to you have to be able to pay your mortgage. You got to pay for your car and, and for your children to yeah. live, and all those things. So it is scary because there was a period there where we really had to buckle down and mm-hmm. we had to say, okay, no more dinners out. We're not going out to the movies. We are not, you know, extracurricular activities for the kids are shut down for a little bit because we're wanting to move in this direction of what you know, really does fulfill our passion Mm. um, and what we really feel is part of our purpose. And and it is very frightening at times, (laughs) but I often feel that, you know, it's kind of that whole thing with, you know, you get in the pool in the summer and you dip your toe in and it feels so cold, you don't want to get in. But if you just
0: cannonball in, sometimes <laughs> that water feels great, right? Exactly, and it's way more fun that way too. It Absolutely, is way more fun. it is. I know. And when
1: you're when you're going for it full force, it really makes a huge difference. If you have decided this is what I'm going to do, it's so true. Because and that's the thing too that I think people forget is that you know we have this feeling that we have to do all the things. Mm-hmm. There's so much pressure that we have to do all the things, and we have to do them well even if they're not things that we really even love, you know? Um, And everybody's different. Some people like gardening. Some people like cooking. Some people like crafting. Everybody is different, and that is something to be celebrated. Mm -hmm. This diversity in who we are is something that is amazing and beautiful, and it really needs to be celebrated. Instead of feeling like, I don't want to be different, I I, want to be like what everyone else wants to do, you Mm. know? Everybody has their own passions and their own purpose, it's just a matter of kind of
0: uncovering that. Oh, yes. Yes. And I mean, you only have 24 hours in your day. I have 24 in mine. The person next door to me uh-huh. does. But sometimes you feel like, oh, I don't have enough time to start a business. Or I don't have enough time to even read a book. Or whatever it is that you're feeling like, I just don't have the time. We all have the same mm-hmm. time, but it's the choices, right? So I want to hear about your early days of motherhood as you were starting that jewelry business. Yes, it was part-time, but still, even uh-huh. a part-time gig that's still time out of your day and so how did you you're a productivity person what did that look like for you in the context of your own four walls with two little ones how did you start and what were the thing the like the hurdles that you had jump over in order to really flourish in that oh
1: that's such a good question um, and I think that it is important to know that when I started, I did have two littles, mm-hmm. you know, they were both really small. And so my expectations of what I was going to accomplish were different then, than, than sure. what I can accomplish now. They're both in school full time. And so that opens up so many more channels of time for me. Yep. Um, and I feel like so many people think I can't do it because my kids are only in Mother's Day out or they're only in preschool a couple days a week. It doesn't mean you have to try to go for a huge, full-blown-out, full-time career. It just, you know, what is going to work for you? So for me, I know that when I first started, my kids were going to school two days a week. So those were my big push days, right? Those were the days that I was going to get more work done. And um, I think what helped me was that as I was going through all of this, even when my kids were little teeny tinies, I talked to them about what mommy does. I talked to them and shared with them they knew – That when I was working on something, they knew I was at work. And so part of what I think helps with that is honestly having just a tiny little section, a little space in your house that is carved out for you. Mm. Um, And I think that we look on Pinterest and we see these gorgeous offices, right? (laughs) That are like the size of my garage. (laughs) They're huge. And we think that's what we have to have. We're going to wait until we can accomplish that before we give ourselves this little space. My first office was one foot by two feet. It was one little teeny tiny desk. But my kids knew that when I was at that desk, mommy was working. And so they knew the rules at home were a little bit different while mommy was working. Mm. Because if mommy was working, there was some independent playtime that I started to work on with them. Mm. And they knew that when I was working over there that I was not to be interrupted as often as other times. So, I mean, you have to keep in mind that my background is, of course, being a teacher. And I was an elementary school teacher for many years. So I used a lot of those techniques with raising my children. So we would practice things, you know. Like I, um, I had a certain ringtone for when I got calls for work. And one of the things that you can do is you can use something like Google Voice, which is a free service through Google. So you could have a separate phone number for your work phone number, which allows you to kind of separate those two and compartmentalize. Mm -hmm. So that way you can have a different ringer. So when somebody calls and they're calling for work, that ringer is different from when your next door neighbor calls or the teacher at school calls. So my kids, I taught them what that ringer sounded like. So they knew when that ring went off that mom was on a work call. And that meant that I was going to go in the other room and I was going to be on my work call. And I had a little chart set out for them. So when that ring went off, I could point to it and I could tell them exactly what they needed to do. So
0: mm-hmm. when they were little,
1: it was little pictures, like a little picture chart. Like it might have said, like, read a book or, you know, play with blocks or, you know, watch a TV show or, you know, I had a series of different things. So they would hear that ring go off and I would point to a picture <laughs> and then I would go in the other room. And they knew that it was a different protocol than if the phone was ringing and it was a friend of mine. Mm. So I started training them and it wasn't, you know, one of those things where I was just like, here's the ringtone and here's how it works. I mean, we practiced it. Think about how, when your kids are at school, they practice a fire drill, right? Yeah. They, They don't just wait until there's a fire and then they go, this is a fire drill and then everyone's freaking out. They say, we're gonna practice this. We're gonna line up in the hallway, we're gonna line up in a straight line and we're gonna have no talking and they do it. And that's the same thing you can do at home. Do these little practice drills so that when that ringtone happens, your kids automatically know what they need to do next. That so is so there's smart. a lot of those yeah. kinds of things you can start implementing and you can start having your kids do uh, that I think really makes a difference in you being able to carve out these spaces of time for you to be able to get your work done.
0: Oh, that is so so smart and realizing that there are times when mommy is yours like she's uh-huh. on she's with you and um, you can ignore the other ringtones if you want that's to. right but the work calls everyone does their job everyone does their part and they have a part in this family business okay. as much as you do i think that's oh, really yeah. important and it can start far younger i think than we think like my two-year-old can play autonomously he does not need me to be his cruise director all the time i love playing with yeah. them and i do But there are times where I have other things I need to do, and he can have the expectation to play independently, even as young as two years old. I think that is completely acceptable.
1: Yes, I completely agree. There's a lot to be said for giving your kids independent Mm playtime. I think just the term independent playtime, you're teaching them to be independent. You want them to be able to entertain themselves and find ways to be creative. That's honestly one of the times that they become most creative when they don't have the boundaries of you standing over them. Sure. So I think a lot of people feel guilty with giving their kids this independent playtime, but it's really so healthy for them and for you. And I think that's really what's important to keep in mind is that um it is important to bring them in and for them to understand that they are part of your team. Yes. And I do I started that just like you when my kids were really little they were part of the team. So mm-hmm. they knew when we talked about business and what was going on in Mommy's business, they were a part of that. Whether it was putting stickers on, you know, on cards or whether it was, you know, doing a stamp or, you know, giving them work that they felt was work but really wasn't. Oh, I need this highlighted. Use the highlighter. I didn't really need that done, right? Sure. But it made them feel a part of it. And so even now with my kids, my son is now 14, he's in high school and my daughter is 10, um, even now, they come up. They make boxes for the business. They they come up and they work on a regular basis up here. And they understand when I have you know these crazier, hectic times, like a launch or something like that going on. They understand and they're able to accommodate for that because we keep that communication open. And they know that this business is a family business. It belongs to all four of us, not just me, not just my husband, but the four of us together are building this business together.
0: Wow, I love that and that's truly a family culture that you have really worked to create and I know just as many people that feel super guilty about when that business call rings leaving and taking that time away from their kids or leaving them with the sitter or going to the office or whatever, but that's a family culture too. If you're perpetuating the feeling of guilt and obligation to other people and things like that, you're modeling that for your kids as well when you are communicating to them that you should always be with them or that you should Uh feel bad about doing things for yourself. So I think we really need to be cognizant of what we're modeling in both the way we think and speak and do in front of our kids because that's how they will grow up. So do you want them feeling Uh guilty about never doing enough for other people or do you want them to feel a part of the team? I've never really thought about it that way.
1: Uh Mm -hmm. We call ourselves Team Dalton. I So when we have something going on, then we talk about this is what we need to do as a team. And sometimes things don't happen as they should, and we talk about how we all have to work together because we are a team. And if they're not doing their part, that you know, we need them to be a team player. Even if that's things like, you know, during busy times, you know, dinner isn't on the table necessarily right at the same time as it normally is. Yeah. That they need to pitch in and that's part of them coming in and being a part of this team.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And as a productivity person and a doer, and I'm a multitasker and I pride myself on getting a lot done, are you also able to carve out slower times? Is it intentional? Do you ever do it? What does that look like for you? Absolutely.
1: I'll tell you what I think is the most undervalued thing in our day is white space. Mm, margin, that that space to be able to breathe and to have a little bit of time for ourselves or time to to sit down and look at a magazine or to take a bath. I think that that is such an important part of what we do. And again, I love what you said there a minute ago about we are modeling for our kids. Mm -hmm. Because once again, we are modeling that for our children that we don't have to go, 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 go. I feel like with society today, there's this glorification of busy. We've got to stop the glorification of busy. I see I see mugs and I see shirts and I see all kinds of things that say, I am very busy. But you <laughs> yeah. know what? Busy does not mean happy. It doesn't mean that you are, are better than anyone else. It doesn't even mean you're productive. It just means you're doing <laughs> too much, right? Yes. It really does. We feel this need to cram so much in our day so that we can be busy because if we have that white space, we're like, I don't know what to do, but having that room, that breathing space in your day, that's where your creativity can happen. That's where you can really start to figure out what are you passionate about? What is your purpose? And you can work on things towards that. So yeah, we have to stop feeling like we need to be busy. Yeah, Busy is just a four-letter word.
0: (laughs) It is. It is. And there's such a difference between productivity and busy, like what you're saying. Uh And you can get the same amount done. I mean, I'm sure you've read like the four-hour work week and stuff like that. You can get the same amount done during a crunch time where you are just focused and on and three hours, what you could accomplish at the office where you're kind of, you know, wasting time and not being, you know, at your A game for eight hours. So right. by by helping your children and yourself to realize, hey, I'm going to buckle down for one hour even, or even just 20 minutes. If you have littles at home and you're like, we're going to clean up, I'm going to set a timer, 20 minutes. Let's see how much we can get done. You can get buy-in for 20 minutes, but if you say we're going to clean all day, no, nobody's going <laughs> to no. buy into that But I don't, focused, even, I don't want to do that <laughs> no I don't either so focus 20 minutes, hour, 3 hours whatever it is so that the rest of the afternoon you have that space, you have that downtime okay. the because you were productive during that window where you said you were going to do I think okay. that is, is huge and can be revolutionary for people that find at the end of the day they didn't get that much done because sometimes more time is not better
1: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You're exactly right. Sometimes more time is not better. A lot of times it really is these small little batches of focused time where you're really focused in on, I'm going to get this done. Mm -hmm. When you set a time period or a little, I like to call them a container, a little container of time where you've set an intention for that time, you're able to get so much more done because you know what you want to work on and what you want to do. It's that whole thing we talked about with overwhelm is not knowing where to start. <laughs> yeah. Having an intention tells you where to start.
0: Okay. So how do you find your intention? What does planning look like for you in order to maximize those containers of time?
1: That's a, that's a great question. And that's probably my most asked question. Uh, planning for me starts on Sunday. And I do, um, I do because we talked about earlier about how I treat my family as a team, we do family planning on mm-hmm. Sundays. Mm-hmm. So Sunday afternoon, usually around 4 or 5 o'clock, we sit down and the four of us meet and we talk about our week. And my kids have their own planners. I have quarterly planners that they use um, because they're smaller and they can toss them in their backpack. I have a bigger planner. And then I have what uh, we call a weekly kick- kickstart which is kind of a week overview and we sit down and we talk about what's going on in our week and all four of us talk about it so i start with jack and i'm like hey jack what do you have going on this week what do you have for boy scouts what do you have for you know for school what projects are you working on and then we go on to kate and we talk to kate about what are her projects and all those things And what I'm doing during that time is I'm teaching my kids how to project plan. Mm -hmm. So if they have a project due, I'm like, okay, when is your due date? Okay, let's work backwards. What are your mini goals? How are you going to get this done? What is your task list? And we walk through all of that together because I'm wanting them to understand and start to have that foundation of productivity as kids. So we sit down, and then I go, and I talk about what I have going on. And then my husband goes. And I think that's one of the parts that's missing a lot of times is We don't share with our children the struggles and the the stresses that we have going on because we feel like we need to shield them from it. And what happens with that is that we're able to plan all together. And my kids can say, okay, I know you have a busy day on Thursday. So sometimes my daughter will start pulling out, you know, dinner prep stuff for me on Thursday or those kinds of things. So we're really able to pull together as a team because we all know what's going on in each other's lives. And I think there's nothing wrong with sharing with your kids. Like, okay, this is a tough week for me. I have this going on. That allows them to come in and be your support. And they feel a lot of empowerment with being able to be your supporter. That makes them feel so grown up. And it makes
0: them feel part of that team that we talked about. Yes. Oh, I could not agree more. And as capable as children are, one thing they do not come born with is perspective right? No, and no, so no, we no. Just, we yes. often assume they know if they spill the cereal, it's going to go everywhere and somebody will have to pick it up. We assume yeah. that they will understand those consequences. They don't. They, they don't. don't. And they, they automatically don't. assume if we have a busy week, they're going to pick up on that and be extra patient with us and not ask 17 times for dinner on the table at 6pm. You know, like, they don't know. Right. They don't know. And we expect them to know What's on our calendar and what's in our brain and how we're feeling during that week if it's, you know, they don't know. And if we just simply took the time to express to them and explain to them, this is what the calendar looks like. Pretty busy, huh? Okay, so yes. we're going to be in the car a lot. That's going to be hard for you, but that's what we're going to do. If if they don't know how long they're going to be in the car, they're going to start complaining and asking if they're done after five yes. Minutes, but if you say we're going to be in the car for a while, yes, it's
1: a cycle, and then you're frustrated because they're not being, you know, more conscious, patient,
0: right? We cannot expect them to give us what they need. Or th- we cannot what expect we need, them, yeah. yeah, to give us what we need if we don't explain it to them. I mean, it's the same yeah. thing with our husbands, right? I mean, it's the same it, exact yeah. principles. Read our minds, children. Read our minds, hubby. <laughs> that's right. So we everyone I everyone to read huge. our minds and to know
1: what we need and when we need it, yes. and when we don't get it, we feel frustrated. Yes, but yes. empowering them with this knowledge really allows them to step up, mm-hmm. and it, you begin to see your kids when you do this you know, for your family, you begin to see them doing it for other people outside oh. of your family because they start to pick up on these cues and they start to to realize that there is a space outside of themselves. Kids are naturally egocentric. Uh-huh. That's just, you know, a part of the sure. psyche when you are young. It shows them that there is other people who have emotions and things going on. And I think there's a lot to be said for that.
0: Yes, from an so, early age. It's, ha- it's yes. habitual.
1: Yes. Yeah. So that is how we, we start off by looking at our week
0: yeah. at a whole
1: as a, as a family. And then we post that, you know, that weekly kickstart in a space in our, you know, family headquarters, so then they can reference it and they know what they need to get done. And that takes a lot of the, you know, the worry and the stress off of me because now they are accountable because it's, it's on the sheet and they know where to go. I love it. Um, Do so you yeah, meet- that's a, that's a big part of, to me, Imparting some of this productivity and this team building mentality to my family.
0: I love that. So smart. What else do you do that have been game changers in your own home for things running smoothly? Well, okay.
1: So, one of the things that I think is really important is I run automations. And I actually just had an episode about that a couple of weeks ago. Season three of my podcast is all about creating systems. And I think that we see systems at workplaces and we think, oh, This is how things run at work, and then we forget those can really apply at our houses uh, because, really, we're the CEOs of our office Mm -hmm. and the CEOs of our home. So one of the big things I do is automation. So an automation that I talked about, actually, in the podcast episode was uh, laundry. So laundry day at my house for my kids is on Tuesday. So when they were really little, I would call up the stairs and say, laundry day, it's Tuesday, and they would know to bring their laundry down on Tuesdays. And then as they got a little bit older, they started sorting the laundry with me standing over them. As they got older, it was sorting without me standing over them. And now, because Tuesday is this automation, I don't even have to call up the stairs. They know Tuesday's the day that laundry gets done. They bring their clothes downstairs Tuesday morning. They sort their laundry themselves. And now they put the first load in. And they just do it on Tuesdays because it's automated. We don't think about it. We don't worry about it. Laundry's not going to slip through the cracks because I've created this automation in my house that Tuesday is the day that their laundry gets done. And if they Magi- don't bring their laundry down, it's not getting done by me. That's for sure. <laughs> it's <laughs> magical.
0: The it done magical systems. I love that. <laughs> and so I'm guessing that because this is just a ritual in your family, like it's to be expected, it's not that hard to motivate your kids. Because I'm picturing moms listening who are like, I have an unmotivated kid who does not uh-huh. listen, who will not buck up, who will not step up and contribute. What would you say to that mom?
1: I would say so when you're starting it out and you're creating an automation, it's all about fun. Mm. Do you if you said, "All right, we're going to do laundry. You got to sort laundry." That sounds terrible. But if you say, "Okay, I'm setting out two baskets of clothes here, You're going to hold up a piece of laundry and I want you to throw it in the whites or throw it in the colored section, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then use it like a game like basketball or something like that. Make it so that they look forward to it. And it's something that, excites them. So as they're doing it, they're learning how to sort their laundry, right? Mm -hmm. And then you make it so that they really enjoy the next part. So as they're putting the laundry in, maybe they're tossing the laundry in or you're telling every you have to tell a joke every time that you put in a shirt that's red or create these little silly things that make it a little more interesting to them. I think kids react really well when you act silly with them. Yeah. Uh, So it's not like this is an automation, and I'm, you know, blowing a whistle like a drill sergeant. My kids enjoy helping out because they, they've they made it fun. We've found different ways to make things fun. Mm. But I honestly think that the things that kids react the most to is two words, and those words are thank you. Mm. I thank my children when they do chores that they are supposed to do on a daily basis, make their beds or, you know, take out the trash or whatever. I look them in the eye and I say, thank you so much. You really helped our team run well today. Or thank you so much. This made made life so much easier for me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I think when you start to say thank you to your kids, you'll see their eyes light up. We forget to say thank you to our spouses. We forget to say thank you to our friends. We forget to say thank you to those people who are so close to us. We'll say thank you to a stranger who opens a door for yeah, us. Right. But, you know, your husband goes and he works hard to sort of, uh, you know, trash into recycling everything and takes it out. We don't say a peep.
0: Where's the acknowledgement? Yeah.
1: Where's the acknowledgement? People are so, it's that positive reinforcement people respond so well to. And I, I mean, I saw this in the classroom. Kids respond well to positive reinforcement. When you tell them what a great job they've done or how much you appreciate them, they want to work twice as hard to please
0: you again the next time. Yeah, absolutely. And they're going to seek that attention either way. So they're going to mm-hmm. seek it if you're saying thank you and building that connection with them and spending time with them. And they're also going to seek it if they're not getting it that way in negative ways. They're going to seek yes. it some way, whatever way is working for them. So you get whatever to choose. Whatever way works. Mm-hmm. That is so true. Yeah, absolutely. And so because you've been so successful in business and everything um, and you've been so driven your whole life, it seems... I want to know how has motherhood in particular changed you? How is Tanya, the business owner and the mom CEO that you are today, how are you different because you're a mom?
1: Without question, I'm a, I'm a better person, mm. right? I think that everyone tells you that um, how wonderful life is and how much you, you will love your children. I don't think anything ever prepares you for how over just – how much you you're overcome with love for your children and how proud you can feel of them. Um, and I think that that begins to bleed into the other areas of your life because you begin to look at other people as other people's children, right? Mm-hmm. When you start to look at other people that way, it really gives you that perspective. Like we talked about earlier and it makes you appreciate people more. So for me, I think it has absolutely changed me for the better. And I, I love being a mom. I'm not going to say there's not hard days or there's days that I think, what was I doing? Right. What was I <laughs> We all have those days. Yes. But overall, it's one of those things that just really forms you into the person that you are today because it's a lot of work mm-hmm. and it's not for very good pay <laughs> being a mom. <laughs> but it pays dividends and love. And how lucky are we to be able to have this? You know, to be able to experience these type of emotions with these little people in our lives and watching them grow is one of the things that brings me the most joy. I feel like each season of life, I think, oh, I love this age. I love where they are right now. I don't want them to get any older. And then I say it again. Oh, I love this (laughs) age, you know, because they're always changing and growing. And I think that helps remind you that we are always growing and changing and we have to be evolving. We can't be, we can't be too stagnant with our parenting because
0: once you get used to one phase, oh boy, they change, don't they? <laughs> they <laughs> All of a sudden do. They're doing something totally different. I like so, how you're acknowledging each new season with, with them in a positive way, but also each new season with yourself, realizing that they have new things to offer and exciting things coming up in with each new stage. And so do you. I love that. That's a great thought. Such a great thought. Thank you. So what's coming up next for you, Tanya? I know you have some exciting things on the horizon in your business and in your life.
1: Well, uh, yes, so much going on. So my son just started high school. So that is one of those, what we just talked about, right? Uh Big change and big transition. So that's been really fun. And we're still kind of getting into the swing of what that even looks like and how different that is. Uh, So that's what's going on with me personally. But With our business, we've launched our 2018 planners recently, which has been amazing and wonderful, and we have courses that are starting to launch. So uh, starting about this week, we are going to be opening up uh, for a course on productivity to help people figure out what is really most important to them. You know, you're asking Mm. those questions about how do you figure out what you really want to do, what are you passionate about? That's what we're tackling with a lot of what we're doing in this course. And then how do you find the ways to pursue those passions and those purposes? So I am so excited about that. That is something that is brand new to us Um, because I've been doing the podcast now for, Since the beginning of the year and it's been so successful and I've gotten such a great reaction to it, this is where I wanted to extend it and wanted to see it grow more. Uh, So it's really exciting.
0: Amazing. So where can people find out more information or sign up for the courses and where can people find you in general online?
1: Absolutely. Well, uh, you can find me at inkwellpress.com. That's where, that's my main site. And then most things kind of run off of that. My podcast, you can find at inkwellpress.com slash podcast. It's called Productivity Paradox. And we talk all about productivity there. And we give exercises and activities to help you figure out what is important to you and what you want to work on. And then for our courses, you can find those at inkwellpress.com slash courses. Amazing. And we'll have information about those up on that site. So and of course I'm on social media under Inkwell Press. So you can find me on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all the usual suspects. So
0: Amazing, amazing. Well I just subscribed to Productivity Paradox. So there we go. Oh, good, Perfect. Good. Can't wait to listen well, I hope you
1: enjoy it. It's really been one of those things where um I started doing it thinking that I would really enjoy it and I have I've thoroughly loved it because I feel like Um, you know, it's back to that teaching that I love so much that, that, that passion of mine. And I get to see, you know, it's almost like I've created a curriculum for people to follow each season. So it's, it's a lot of
0: fun and I, I love it. Amazing. What a great resource. Thank you for putting that out for all of us, for doing the hard lifting for us so that we can just (laughs) implement it. I love it. Well, Tanya, I always ask my guests just one final question and it's this, what would you tell your pre-motherhood self? That's a good question. I think, honestly,
1: you have more time than you ever even realized. Nah. <laughs> Isn't it so true when you think about, you know, before we had kids that we, we thought we had a lot going on. And then you have kids and you're like, now I really have a lot going on. Right. So this is why it's even more important to really carve out time for yourselves. Because it can become where you have so much in your life that you feel like you can't do it. So that's what I would tell That's what I would tell pre-mom Tanya is, you know, you have a lot more time than you realize. Take the time to really enjoy that and figure out who you are. And then after you become a mom, make sure you're still carving out that time for yourself. Yeah. Because I think it's really important.
0: Oh, I could not agree more. And you know how you you have a lot of time, more time than you thought you did? If you go on your phone and you look up the usage under the settings and you see how much time you spent on Instagram or Facebook or Netflix (laughs) or whatever, if those are the top three, Uh oh. You right Right, if you just swap out, just (laughs) swap out even half that time with something that is meaningful and soul filling and productive wow, yes. your house will yes. be cleaner. Yes. Your business will be better. You know, all these things. So it's that's so a, true. I love it. Tanya, I think you're an extraordinary mom. I think you're an amazing business owner. I love what you're doing so much. And I just love that you're so committed to bringing resources and information and empowerment to people to really thrive in their own lives. I think it's amazing. You're putting so much light out there. So thank you.
1: Well, thank you. That was such a a wonderful thing to say that, you know, there are days that are are harder than others. It's always nice to hear things like that. So thank you.
0: Thanks for taking the time today, Tanya. You're an extraordinary mom. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Didn't you learn so much from Tanya? I feel like there were so many tangible takeaways in terms of productivity and resources. And I dare you to go check out Inkwell Press for all of the darling, darling planners. If you're looking for a new planner for 2018 this might be your new favorite she's thought of so many ways to not only just keep your day-to-day life organized and structured in a calendar format but also way more than that because she is the productivity queen so she's also kind enough to do a giveaway on my instagram if you're following me at Dalquist 3 head over there on instagram and you can be entered to win a new planner they are gorgeous i hope you win so, thanks, Tanya, for coming on the show today. If you don't already follow me, you can do that at Jessica Dahlquist3 on Instagram or on Facebook at Extraordinary Moms Podcast. And everything we talked about today. Links to everything, pictures of Tanya, and past guests and past episodes are all over at ExtraordinaryMomsPodcast.com. Thank you so much for tuning into the show today. We have a revisit episode coming up with one of your favorite past guests this Friday. So I hope you'll tune in and subscribe on iTunes. All right, everyone have a great week and we'll see you next week for another episode with another Extraordinary Mom. Bye.